a lot of your uh, listeners might be young or, or thinking about what they're doing with their life in the future. And, and just something to keep in mind that isn't always shared is that to gain control of your tax situation, it, it pays to uh, be in business for yourself and to, mm. to be generating an income. Welcome to Money Vision U. In this podcast, we are passionate about teaching the financial class you should have had in high school so you can learn how to fast track your financial freedom. If you want to learn how to make, manage, and multiply your money and see opportunities the way the wealthy do, then you came to the right place. I'm your host, Stuart Berryhill. Money Vision U, class in session. Welcome to another episode of Money Vision U. Today we have Chris McCormick with us today, who is a CPA. So he handles the taxes, and everyone needs a CPA like Chris, who is well versed in the tax code to help one keep you out of trouble and then also mm-hmm. help you use the tax code to your advantage. So, with that being said, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Stuart. Very excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. And I was talking to you about how it's long overdue to have a CPA on the podcast because a lot of young people and those starting to learn financial literacy want to learn about taxes. And you think of that as so boring, but there's so much to know and it's just valuable information. So excited to dive into what we're going to get into this episode. But before we do that, just give the audience a little background on yourself, uh, your financial background and how and why you decided to be a CPA. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that and um, would be happy to. Let's see. So my professional career started um, in price in public accounting. PricewaterhouseCoopers is a big four accounting firm. Uh, they handle a lot of the financial service and tax work of some of the big corporations that I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard about. Personally, I was in their financial service division. So I was working with some of the top banks and financial institutions, a lot of life insurance companies, and really the the private or public companies that handle the world's wealth, right? So I was able to see a lot of the different um, tactics that some of the insurance companies and the banks were using to uh, grow their wealth and grow their money and grow their clients' monies. And I saw this and all the while saw that uh, there was a whole segment of the population, mainly small business owners and entrepreneurs that didn't have all that information to them. So about a year and a half, two years into my professional career, I jumped off and started my own CPA tax planning firm where now we serve entrepreneurs and real estate investors and help them understand the tax code, grow their tax knowledge and really use the tax code to their advantage. So uh, we're building this thing from the ground up. We've been at it for a, a little over a year now. And um, the best part about it is, yeah, you get to educate and grow your knowledge. And, and you really get to understand how some of the world's wealthiest people um, have used the tax code to their advantage, have used the tax code and understand the tax code so that they can uh, save more money and, and serve more people by not paying Uncle Sam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. A lot of people right. are mad at 
people not paying taxes, but a lot of the, the, these people are definitely not doing it illegally. Like right. they're just following the tax code and anyone else can do it. Obviously some things it may take money to be able to invest in a certain way, but they're yep. just doing what the tax code tells them to do. Right. And I, I love how you've been with some big companies. So you've seen mm-hmm. companies with a lot of zeros yeah, <laughs> exactly. on their numbers, yeah. uh, a lot of money. And so obviously, I don't know if you help with the bookkeeping at all, but helping them strategize on what to invest in or how to do this or that to save on taxes. That that's pretty neat. And um, where are you from again? What is, and are a lot of your clients in that one state? Yeah. So I uh, started my career in Boston. I was working out of their Boston office and have since moved out to California. But a couple months ago, I picked up and moved out here. I started uh, life with my fiance. We were dating uh, and doing long distance for a while and then decided to pick up and start out in California. So to answer your question, Stuart, my clients are all over, right? I work, a lot of them are in that Boston and New England uh, base, but I also work with clients around the country. And the beauty of today's age is you can work with anyone uh, wherever they are and wherever you are. And it's yeah. really um, grown our practice and allowed us to meet a lot of great people. Okay. Well, yeah. congrats on the engagement. That's a really long distance relationship from Boston yeah. to California. Um, yep. So congrats on that. Uh, <laughs> and you. I guess those, I mean, from outside looking in, I think those are two very tax heavy states. It, yeah. And yeah. so you have a lot of things that you're definitely having to navigate, maybe more than somewhere in the Southeast, like where I'm at in Arkansas or Texas, maybe not as difficult to manage those taxes. Is that the case? I mean, are some states just much more difficult with their tax laws than others? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, California for sure. And part of the reason, I mean, I, we're definitely not staying here long-term. Uh, I think it's just an engagement season thing. Cause, um, yeah, we'll probably be joining you down in the Southeast. There are a lot of tax friendly, um, states down there but it is state to state as a cpa you can practice in all all the states but it it does require you to to know different uh states and the different laws uh california for for reference like i mean their tax brackets are much higher their state tax brackets are much higher they do offer some more incentives on the form of like energy efficiency like if you have a Mm. electric vehicle or solar powered energy um from a state perspective they do offer um incentives there but those are also offered on a federal level and so that um again that's just that just goes back to yeah knowing the different rules and how to navigate it and some of the different opportunities uh, that are out there for people looking to save on taxes (laughs) yeah so you bring up uh, a word there you you talked about tax incentives and so Mm -hmm. how the tax code ultimately has been described to to me uh, kind of just a a general description is almost like allowances Mm -hmm. you know some people have allowances growing up you do your chores around the house and you get some money the tax code is basically okay you here's what you have to do to pay taxes but then a lot of it or maybe even the majority of it is really showing you how to earn your allowance, so to speak, yep. and, and not pay taxes from doing this or that. Having incentives like maybe putting solar panels on gives an incentive. And then your job is to weigh whether 
it's an incentive enough economically right. or financially for you to go through with that. But is is that kind of an accurate description of the tax code and your viewpoint? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. And I might steal that and uh, start to use that as as my <laughs> my uh, introductory topic because yeah the tax code the way I I look at it the tax code is just a a um, I guess it tells you what's getting taxed and how much you have to pay in taxes but then it it also tells you how you can work to not pay as much in taxes and and the main driver there is being able to provide for our economy. Right. Yeah. The government, the government, <laughs> they they set the rules, but they don't do a heck of a good job on on generating revenue or uh, creating jobs or, um, yeah, reproducing economic value. They they've they quickly realized, thankfully, that, that that's better for the business owners, the investors, the businessmen and women. And so the job of those people is to create those jobs, reinvest in the economy, and the tax code is just giving you an outline of how the different ways that you can do it and the different ways the government will yeah. support it. That that's a good point saying that. And I have a whole, you know, I have topics we want to dive into here, but I, yeah. this is super important to understand though, of saying these incentives are really to help the economy. They're not just handing out money. They're not just right. trying to find wealthy people and hand out money. They have the purpose of an allowance for someone in a house is to do a certain amount of work and then you earn that money. Yeah. The incentives are, I guess, for to do a certain kind of work or a certain type of work, benefit the country, the economy in a certain way, and you get an incentive, almost like a synonym for allowance for yep. that. And so <laughs> exactly. I think that's a, an important uh, under, thing to understand. Yep. And you also, um, you were talking about how taxes are higher in certain states yeah. than others. And that's really what I actually want to dive into with this episode. There's so mm -hmm. much to talk about with taxes. And oh yeah, <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to have to have you on multiple episodes because I got plenty of questions that I want to ask you. And I think plenty of the audience has questions that are, you know, just tax questions that they want to know. And I think it's yeah. important to learn that as it goes in with financial literacy, but you talked about how taxes are higher in certain states, but I just want to break down a paycheck in this yeah. episode. So someone earned, you know, we got high schoolers maybe earning a paycheck or young adults or whatever it is, they're getting a paycheck from, and we're just going to say W2. So you're kind of mm -hmm. paid on an hourly basis, I guess is what that means. And you can yeah. correct me if I'm wrong there, mm -hmm. but I just want to break down a paycheck today. Because I remember getting my first paycheck in high school. Mm -hmm. I was a bag boy at a golf country club making yep. minimum wage, which I think was like $7.25 back then. <laughs> Not a lot of money. So come out with whatever amount. Let's just say I worked X amount of hours. It was $300 that I technically earned. But I was only able to deposit, call it $220, into my bank account because mm -hmm. the government had already taken some off the top before I could even deposit the check. So where did that $80 go? What are some of the things that are being taken out in a, a paycheck that you receive? Yes. And that's uh, that's the age old question. Where the heck is all my money going? I'm making <laughs> 60K a year and I'm only getting paid for 40 of it is a, a big question uh -huh. that we deal with. Um, the first thing to recognize is that there are government programs that uh, have been created and citizens making income are required to pay into them one of or two of them 
that are most popular are Social Security and Medicare. So Social Security is essentially your government-sponsored retirement plan. And the government says that uh, when it was created, I don't know the whole history behind it, um, but when it was created, they basically said that every citizen's going to pay into Social Security. So by the time that you retire, no matter what your retirement is, you will have something from the government. And it's not very... Um, economically savvy i think we pay out far more than we do generate so uh there's always talk about what's going to happen with social security will it be around uh will we have to pay more into it and that's just something for people to keep an eye on um it it it's not fun paying into it i do like now especially because the baby boomers are reaching that age of accessing their social security and they're the ones that are that paid the most into it, they're looking to get the most out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you see a lot of that money being depleted. The other program I mentioned was Medicare and it's similar. It's, it's a government sponsored health insurance really. So when you're, I mean, I'm sure you talk about this Stuart on your podcast is like, there's different things that would be wise to pay into as just a, a regular, uh, human being and one of which is is retirement and like having your money make money Mm -hmm. so when the time comes for you to uh take it out you have something to live off of and then the other would be like health insurance because um i i don't know the exact numbers but one of the biggest uh detriments to people's financial health is an unforeseen uh health risk or health consequence or health uh, necessity. And so health insurance insures against that. Medicare is the government sponsored uh, program. And obviously to qualify to use that, you have to be at a certain income level. And uh, there's certain things that you have to, to do to gain access to it. But the government says that everybody has to pay into that. So okay. I guess that that is kind of a long-winded answer of saying that we yeah. are required to pay into different government programs, two of which is Social Security and Medicare. So let me follow up on those two real quick. So those yeah. are both federal. So it's yep. not a state. You know, every uh, I guess state is paying it, whatever state you're a resident of. You are paying uh, Medicare and Social Security. Yep. Is it the same percentage for each state? Say I don't know. I'm just going to throw out a number, but five percent of your paycheck goes to and I, I, well, this is going to get in different tax brackets, I would imagine. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess, but let's say someone makes $50,000. Let's just say we're at one tax bracket to keep it easy. Do they pay the same to Medicare and Social Security in Arkansas as they would in California? Yep. So at the federal level, you they have set percentages. I can't think of them off the top of my head. I think they're like, I mean, the two of them combined, I think are maybe 3%. Okay. or something like that 2.7 for one and point something for another but yeah to to answer your question yes there are um okay. set percentages that everybody is required to pay, pay so into. for those yeah for those two everyone's paying the same amount and social security what age does someone um get to actually use i guess social security when does the government consider them retired because what our money you know me and you we well, you own your business, but say you have a W-2 paycheck, make $1,000, 3% of that, whatever that is, uh, 30 bucks goes to 
med, uh, social security. So that's funding help fund someone's retirement, so to speak. Although that almost sounds like a wrong word because like say someone's 80 years old, it's also just at that point, they can't work. Some, some people can't work and hopefully they have done, they've been responsible and saved up for retirement. Mm -hmm. But in the case that that doesn't happen, that's what social security, so to speak is for. Right. And so uh, getting back to the just simple question, what age does someone have to be to uh, qualify for social security? And then how do they do that? Yeah. Age 62, I think is when you start to get access um okay how you access it i'm not entirely sure i know you can delay taking benefits i don't know the full um okay like i'm sure there's a bunch of different steps that you need to take and forms you need to fill out because it yeah. is a, a government program and that tends to be and the then, case with, with yeah. the government um but age 62 is when you qualify to to start receiving okay. those benefits and then does someone who earns $50,000 a year versus someone who earns $200,000 a year, do they get the same social security payout that, you know, say they are 63 years old now, uh, or when, you know, they're both 63 years old, one earns more than the other. Do they get the same amount of social security coming into them or being deposited to their checking account weekly? Yeah. So there are, there are income thresholds and, and that's the thing is like a lot of people, meet those income thresholds and paid into social security their whole life, but don't really see it. So that's, that's a big issue that, that people have. So gotcha. um, for the person making 250,000, they probably won't see a penny of, of the social security that, that they've paid gotcha. into. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're paying for other people's retirement and exactly. then, okay. So that I, I think listeners got a good idea of what social security is and understanding yep. that is taken out of your paycheck and, you know, funding people that are over 62 and a half years old or whatever age. And then you have Medicare. So I guess what I want to ask with that is, you know, we hear a lot of people talking about free health care, free this and that. Mm. So essentially, if we have free health care, does that just mean that Medicare amount or percentage of your paycheck ends up going up? And maybe we don't know how exactly they say that they would pay for it, but uh, maybe, I don't know, in your guesstimation, is that what would happen? Yes. <laughs> I I often say that there's no, no such thing as something for nothing, right? And anytime something's said as being free, it, it probably helps the listener to think twice of it. And oftentimes when it's free from the government, you have to think about how the government makes money and they, own, yeah. they do it through taxes. So yes, right. uh, uh, the more health care is given out, the more likely you will be paying for that in increased taxes. Yeah. Government's a, essentially like a, a, a business like anyone yeah. else. They have their income, they have their expenses. Just the way they get their income is via taxes. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's something interesting to note. And then, okay, so then um, I was just looking at you know my paycheck. So yeah. you got Social Security, you got Medicare, and then I have a federal tax and a state tax, an Arkansas tax. Yeah. So what... Go so we've talked about you know what we got social security and Medicare tax. What um, is the percentage same for everyone with the federal tax, and what is that funding? Right. So yeah, everybody w is required to pay federal taxes. Um, again, that funds government-sponsored programs. I might have um, misspoke. So when you when you receive your paycheck, you'll see the the FICA and the FUDA 
F-U-T-A and F-I-C-A. I believe FICA is what funds Social Security, right? Okay. So that's that's uh, about 6.2% of your, your income. FUTA is federal unemployment. And so that's exactly what it sounds like. It, it funds the unemployment. So when COVID hits and people lose their jobs or when a recession comes and people lose their jobs, the government says, okay, we will fund, we will pay you a, a certain amount every so often to mm-hmm. uh, take care of you so you can meet your needs. And yeah. how they do that is by collecting a an amount from okay the working class. <laughs> you got these ac- acronyms like FICA yeah. and FUDA and all that stuff. No listener needs to get super lost in that translation. Right. It's really just money going to the federal government to fund some of their programs. But then I think, I guess with like a federal tax, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that's funding things like the military or yep. um, whatever else. That's that's probably the biggest federal thing that I can think of or whatever bills. Government programs and yeah. like every. Yeah, I think your your listeners are in their driving age. So anytime they go to the, the DMV. Uh, know that their their tax dollars have played an impact in in getting to the getting the DMV to to where they are because it's a federal program and gotcha okay um, yep okay and then differentiate the and and so the federal the amount you pay federally uh, how do I word that as a federal tax to those different programs is the same in state to state yep depending on tax yeah, bracket so, yep. So and the then, only thing I guess that changes between states is that then the state tax is that the only thing that changes between state to state? Yes, f- pretty much from a paycheck perspective. Yes. Okay. Um, because mind you, there's also taxes like property tax and sales tax that we can right get into or avoid. But if we're we're talking specifically from a paycheck perspective, then yeah, from state to state, the the state tax rate will determine how much you're paying out of your paycheck. Okay. So specific, yeah. So specifically state, state tax from a paycheck, just kind of mm-hmm. centering around that on this episode. So Arkansas, I don't know what the percentage is, but my state tax money that is being, or the money being taxed for my paycheck, that'll go to state funded things, whether that's, I guess, public schools, Yep. um, I'm going to draw blanks now trying to think of what the yeah. government's spending on, but roads, construction, roads, constructions, yep. things like that, uh, to the state. And but my state may be different than, I don't know, Texas now yep. is, isn't there a state with no income tax or is it no sales tax that I'm thinking of? Um, there's both. So the one state I know of with no sales tax is New Hampshire. I'm sure there's more, but growing up in the northeast I, I just knew that that okay that was uh gotcha. one of them state tax no state income tax a few states have that texas is one of them uh florida right. is another nevada okay. um one of the dakotas i think there's about nine alaska nine states that have no state income tax and so yeah the difference there is obviously those states still need to make money somehow so i talking with a lot of people from florida they just say that they tax every other part so it's it's like i said it's not something for nothing there are trade-offs but 
Sounds Depends. good to have no income tax. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels better on a paycheck because essentially you may be going and spending it more. But in Texas, I know there's a lot of toll roads. And yep. so that would probably be an example of how they recuperate some of that state income tax that they aren't getting that another state might get. But then you'll have, I'm sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but somewhere like California or uh, oh, yeah. Massachusetts or New York, yep. they, with a lot more spending, it seems like they probably have much higher state taxes than mm-hmm. Arkansas, let alone a state with no income tax. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And uh, just because you met in New York, just because you mentioned it, if you live in New York City, they even go as far as charging a city tax. So there's there's some places where you can go and um, you'll be paying a lot more than yeah than so somewhere like tax. Arkansas. So you got the federal taxes that everyone pays. Yeah. Then you got your state tax and then yep. potentially a city tax. So right. <laughs> expensive living in certain areas. And that is a legitimate reason some people move away from certain cities and oh, things yeah. like that. because. I mean, that's why a lot of people have left California and come yep. to Texas, let alone businesses. Right. I've been talking about businesses and how they're taxed and things like that. But that's why a lot of them have moved. What Tesla moved to Texas. I think I saw yep. another one from Illinois. I don't know who it was, but someone moved from Illinois to Texas. They like that. No income tax and the different yep. advantages that they have. And good for Texas. They're giving these incentives, so to speak, that is bringing business Money's right. just following where it's wanted. So yep. <laughs> it's just going to Texas and other places in the Southeast and things like that. Are there any other things on a paycheck maybe that we haven't talked about and just kind of were centered on that, that I'm missing uh, or that you might add? No, I think that that just about does it, Stuart. I think, and yeah, I think it would it would benefit to, to have more conversations because um, I always say that the tax code can be used properly and to your advantage Mm -hmm. but when you're a w-2 employee it can be much more difficult because it it keeps Mm -hmm. some of the tax incentives to a minimum that are only open to entrepreneurs business owners investors so yeah i know a lot of your uh listeners might be young or or thinking about what they're doing with their life in the future and, and just something to keep in mind that isn't always shared is that to gain control of your tax situation it pays to uh, be in business for yourself and to to Mm. be generating an income. Yeah, I know there's going to be a future episode where I want to talk about, I don't know if you've read Cash Flow Quadrants by Robert Kiyosaki. I want to talk about how each of those quadrants, you know, he talks about how they cash flow and how you earn money, but I want to talk about how each of them are taxed separately because I think that'd be a great episode for the future. But yeah, definitely... Um, also don't want to overwhelm with so much tax information in, in yeah. one episode, but I think, I think it's super in, informative, just understanding where the taxes are, what taxes are being taken out of my paycheck yeah. and then where they're going yeah. and then how it may differ state by state. I think that's yeah. super valuable. And you talked about how, you know, there's certain ways to, you know, take advantage or use the tax code to your advantage and how to do that. And taxes sound boring, but it's funny when you start doing business, investing or making money, it becomes very interesting, I think, yep. uh, because essentially it's like a game uh, right. with an instruction manual telling you how to win the game yep. and cheaters, just like Monopoly, mm-hmm. get thrown in jail. <laughs> so yeah, right. it's not like exactly. they get away from that. It's a game that you just learn to play the rules by and you can, you can have someone in your ear telling you what to do and telling you the right steps to take like Chris, who's a CPA, <laughs> and that's what he does and helps you out. But just quick side note before we kind of start to close here, 
So we talked about how cheaters get thrown into jail. And yep. I know a recent bill was passed where we're going to be hiring a lot more IRS auditors, mm-hmm. IRS yeah. agents. And I think the number was like 87,000 of them. So oh, yeah. what these people do essentially is make sure that everyone's paying their proper amount of taxes that they're mm-hmm. supposed to be paying. And they'll look through the weeds on all your bookkeeping or whatever it is. And so uh, I'm just curious from your standpoint, what do you think that means when we're hiring all these new IRS agents and auditors? Yeah, I think it goes back to your initial comment about um, Elon Musk and Tesla. I think it was Elon Musk and Tesla. Like the the big guys, they, they didn't hire these big guys to go after. Like Elon Musk is not, he's paying his fair share of taxes and, and he's doing what he can to keep that tax to a minimum because he hires the right guys. But uh-huh. uh, there's the smaller guys who who might not be getting the right counsel or using it the right way or not, might not be in the right ethical position. Those are the guys that are going to pay for this and, and really uh, face the burden. So I guess for your listeners, obviously, it pays to uh, be in right standing with the law and to be filing your taxes accordingly but it also pays to have the right advisors when when that time comes yeah. and and to be in in right relationship with people who can coach you through this and help you understand it because it's a lot to know all the the cpas in the world wouldn't be able to tell you exactly yeah. what, page for page what the tax code says but many people know it more than than others so. yeah but you are uh, making sure that what you're doing is is being done legally and you know yep. what you're saying with someone like Elon Musk is they have a massive team that they can have that makes sure that they are following the code as strict as possible. So they don't have to, you know, they're not going to get into any trouble. And so what you're saying essentially is the smaller people have to beware because they're not going to get any money from these bigger Mm -hmm. corporations. They're paying their taxes that they're supposed to and doing everything legally. They just have a massive amount of massive, team and a well-paid team to make sure they're doing all that. So the smaller people, so I guess my point is I'd be very careful of filing any taxes for yourself. I know people can turbo tax this and that, Yeah, but man, it's getting to a time when, when we're starting to look for all these different ways to penny pinch of tax, (laughs) uh, of, uh, taxable income and things like that. I would hire a CPA Mm. every year and make sure that you, have someone in your corner who really knows the tax code and yeah. knows what they're doing. Uh, I'm sure that you would agree with that. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, you're right. Um, I guess uh, to kind of close here, any final quick tax advice or something you think our audience should know just kind of to close? Yeah, I guess my first thought is like before you can get the tax game right, you should get your money game right. The mm-hmm. tax thing follows but if you're not a good steward over your finances if you don't have the right mindset around your money then figure that out before you look to use all the tax loopholes and take advantage of this thing or that thing because money like no matter how much yeah it's money is just a a, another thing that highlights your habits and so if you're not Mm. using it properly the taxes aren't aren't something that you should can Concern yourself with. <laughs> yeah, great point. I, I think that's great adv- advice there uh, mm. of making sure that you're in control of your money and right. uh, 
being prepared and awesome. uh, knowing where every dollar is going. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been a great episode. Uh, last question is how can listeners follow you or reach out to you? Maybe they have questions or want help with their taxes in the future. How can they reach out or follow you? Yeah. Awesome. Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Chris McCormack CPA. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. That's probably the best thing um, to best way to reach out to me. Chris McCormack CPA MBA. And then um, I have an email, Chris at betterbooksaccounting.co. So um, those are the three ways to to get in contact. But yeah, any of those, and I'd be happy to get in touch, answer any of the listeners' questions and uh, provide any insights that might they might have. Awesome. Well, this has been a great episode, super practical, super informative. So thank you for coming on. And we're definitely going to have to have you on in the future because we definitely got more tax questions. <laughs> awesome, Stuart. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time and honored to be on. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Vision U. If this is something that added value to you, then please subscribe, leave a review and share. We are passionate about teaching financial literacy so you can learn to take control of your financial future. If you want to learn more, then follow us on social media platforms at MoneyVisionU. We look forward to catching you in the next class.